Hi, I'm Kenzie. And I'm Emily. And this is The Claw Crypt. Crack open a cold one with us. While we discuss everything true crime, mysteries, conspiracies, and much more. We're going to talk about Diane Downs. In a new location today. Yeah, we're in the garage. <laughs> Football. <laughs> Roommates are all watching a Vikings game and it is very loud inside, so. Every couple minutes. Ah! <laughs> Touchdown! Go, go, go! Oh my god, the Vikings! <laughs> and they're playing the Packers, which is apparently a big thing because Wisconsin's like our neighbor. I don't know. I got a notification on Newsbreak this morning. It was like, the Packers are going to defeat, like, take down the Vikings or some shit like that. Probably. I'm like, why do I care? I don't watch football. Why are you sending me this? This isn't what I wanted Newsbreak for. Like that. <laughs> I'm sure you could hear it. That was, like, on cue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who texted him? <laughs> we were going to record in my bedroom, but my bedroom is right next to the bathroom, and my stairs are really loud, and to get to the bathroom, you have to walk down the stairs, so you would have heard everyone walking down the stairs, and then you would have heard them pee, and then you would have heard them flush the toilet, and if they farted, it would have been a whole thing, and we would have started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably stink, too. <laughs> yeah, so we're not... <laughs> we're just full of complications today, so hopefully this goes smooth. How far would you go to be with someone you loved? <laughs> it depends. There's lines that I wouldn't cross, but there's also lines that I would cross. Like, what context are we talking here? I don't think anyone would cross any lines that Diane Downs did. Because, to, mm, oh, try not no. to spoil it, but like, this lady lost her shit. Like, she... Goes full-on psycho mode. Yeah, I don't know what snapped in, like, her half-brain, but... Her half-brain. Yeah, she's not very smart either. Okay, so Diane is a mom of three, and she becomes obsessed with this postal worker who's not even her boyfriend, which we'll talk about later on. That's kind of, like, the basis of the story. She has three kids, an ex-husband, and she's, like, head over heels in love with this postal worker, which is a ex-co-worker of hers, I guess. I don't know interesting anyways i heard about this because i like watching murder documentaries and stuff like that when i fall asleep which sounds weird but murder documentaries usually they explain everything they're quite relaxing because you don't need to watch it you can just close your eyes yeah. and listen it's like a podcast but yeah. different because when they the only thing they're showing is either the person sitting in a chair that's like giving an interview or they do their cheesy reenactment of I what's hate going those on. Cheesy reenactments. Exactly. So they're perfect to watch with your eyes closed because then you don't have to see any of that, but you can hear everything because they narrate it all. So anyways, I heard of this and like in my notes I said it was last night and then I put in parentheses that last night was August twenty sixth. <laughs> so not that long ago I heard of this and I was like, I need to do this episode. Like this lady lost all of her marbles and I need was to Was this the her. one that I was sitting there typing up Michelle, and I saw you open up another one, yeah. and I was like, Kenzie, go to bed. <laughs> I was like, I need to put her name in at least so that I know what's going on. Uh, that was so funny, because you're like, I just typed up like three like, episodes yeah. or whatever, and I was like, dang, I'm like still finishing one. Well, And then I see you open a fourth one, I'm like, lady... <laughs> I had two that were almost done. I think it was Carla and The Hook for the Spooky Oopy episode. I had those two that well, were almost done, and I just, like, touched those up and printed them off. And then the third one I opened was Diane. And to be fair, Michelle was a very long case. Yeah. Okay, so for some reason, this case became huge in the UK. Like... I, so, some of our listeners will probably be familiar with it because we get a lot of listeners from the UK. Yeah, it's so weird, though, because it happened in the US. But for some reason, like, 
when I research and stuff like that, I look at like newspaper articles, I look at like actual websites, and then I watch other documentaries, and then all information that's said in every single one of those, I'm assuming is like reliable, and I put that in. And like everything I watched, everyone had a British accent. <laughs> that was. It was really what? weird. I mean, I guess it's probably kind of like Jack the Ripper, how it like blossomed in the UK, and it's like people yeah, obsess over it. Yeah, but that actually in happened in the UK. Yeah. This one didn't. This is in the US. Yeah, I'm saying it's like vice versa. Oh. Because like it happened in the UK, Americans kind of obsess over it because it's like they do. Which I still think Jack the Ripper could possibly be H. H. Holmes. I think it is. I need to finish Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Right after Jack the Ripper, Kinda we should do H.H. H. Holmes, because I'm pretty sure... I'll, I do want to link a, those two. There's a definite possible connection between them. There's so many theories about how they could be the same person. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And the timelines add up, and it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so Diane Downs was born Elizabeth Diane Downs, but everyone calls her Diane Downs, so that's just what I'm going to be calling her. Yes, another How do you get Diane out of Elizabeth? Well, her middle name was Diane. Oh. It was Elizabeth Diane Downs, but she went by Diane. Okay. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was confused, too, because I looked up Diane Downs, and then everywhere I looked, kept bringing up this Elizabeth girl, and I was like, um, what? <laughs> Who dis? <laughs> yeah, and then they, after that, like, after the first paragraph, they would switch to talking about Diane, and then I connected the two she went by diane because that was her middle name makes sense yep okay so she was born on august 7th 1955 in phoenix arizona her father was a wesley and her mother was wildena wildenane i don't know how to fuck how do you say that wildenane uh willadine willadine okay well i (laughs) i don't know her mother was willadine frederickson um, her father was a postal worker, and her mom was a stay-at-home mom. She said that her father molested her when she was a child. However, her family was very conservative and, like, really involved in the church. So, it, she is a liar, so she could be lying, but if it was true, her family would absolutely never admit it. Like, they would never say anything about <clears throat> Narcissists. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, like, they were a big part of the church community and mm, yeah. gotta keep that fancy name going mm-hmm. yeah in high school she was said to have dressed like an older woman and date older guys which okay yeah lots of high school people do that That's I guess typical. yeah guilty um, <laughs> one of the guys that she dated ended up being her future husband Stephen Downs And they were young and in love. You would hardly see one without the other, but the relationship was put on hold after she graduated from Moon Valley High School. That was in Arizona. And she went to college in Orange, California at Pacific Coast Baptist College. So, like, pretty far from Stephen. Stephen's still in Arizona, and she's in California. Damn. Yeah. Sad. Uh, She was expelled... Oh. After two semesters for promiscuity. What is that? Um, According to Google, it says that the fact or state of being promiscuous, which reminds me of promiscuous girl, whatever (laughs) you want. The song, you know. Okay, but then it says, um, you know how Google, like, puts it in a sentence? Yeah. The sentence Google chose for it was, some fear this will lead to greater sexual promiscuity amongst teens. (laughs) That's a lot of big words. If you think of the song where it goes, promiscuous girl, whoever you are, all I want. It's a very sexual song, like yeah. you're being promiscuous, like sneaky, Kinda like or a, like um, like a sneaky link, um, like, like a, a like a sneaky tease, ah, uh, like a sneaky tease, basically. Okay. And then promiscuity is like the act of doing that. So she was expelled because of promiscuity, but she was just being promiscuous. The same thing, but, like, it's just, like, a different way of saying it, I guess. Okay. Yes. I think I understand now. After that, she went back home. So, she's back in Arizona. While Diane was away, Stephen joined the Navy, and when he got back home, 
which was like right around the same time she got back home. They started dating and then they got married on November 13th, 1973 when Diane was 18, which I don't think you should marry anyone at 18. No. I don't think anyone is ready to get married at 18. No. At 18, I was with my boyfriend for five years and I knew I was not ready to get married at 18. You're like just blossoming into the adult world, like live it a little bit first, jeez. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's what you want to do, go for it, but like... I don't know. It would have been almost four years that I was with my boyfriend when I was 18. Right? I have no idea. You guys have been together for fucking ages. Yeah, about four. We're going on eight, so... Something like that. It's been a while, but... (laughs) (laughs) Even at that point, I knew I wasn't ready to get married. But she apparently did, so... Go her, I guess. Yeah, the marriage did not go as planned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Go figure. Cheating and money issues happened right away. So she would be like, oh, you're cheating on me. And he'd be like, oh, you're cheating on me. And I'd be like, you know. Back and forth. Rinse from Pete. Even if no one was cheating at that time, which we know there was cheating happening. But, like, they would still, like, use it against each other in an argument type of a thing. But no one knew about this because they kept the picture perfect family image going on. They... Everyone thought they were, like, perfect and happy, and no one had any idea that they were having, like, issues. Which, I feel like a lot of couples are like that, but, yeah. like... I was gonna say, that reminds me of one of my exes. Everybody thought we were all fine and dandy until I told you everything that was going yeah. on. I hate families like that. Okay, wait, no. Yeah, I hate families like that. Like, I don't hate the people in the family, but I hate... When people are like, oh. Covering up their imperfections. Yeah, like, I gotta to- make my house look like it came out of a magazine. And when people come over, I'm gonna offer them something to drink. I'm gonna act like I'm just fine and dandy. And everything's unicorns and fucking rainbows. And I'm, I'm like, shitting just- butterflies out my ass kind of a thing. Like, I hate those people. Like, everyone has bad days. Chances are, if you come over to my house unannounced, it's gonna be destroyed. I'm gonna be in my pajamas drinking coffee and... Dogs are going to be barking, and there's... it's. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't like people like that. No. But that's the image that they had going on. Huh. She wanted kids, like, right after they got married. Oh, she wanted kids before they got married, because in an inside interview, or inside edition interview, like the... And it's like inside, and then in red words it says addition, like the logo thing. You see it in a couple documentaries. In that type of a interview thing, she said, quote, Even as a child, I used to carry dolls around on a pillow. I just wanted to be a mom. Which is weird, because she fucking hated her kids, but we'll get to that in a minute. Ew. They ended up having three kids, and um, adding in another quote here. Diane said, quote, when I got, or I got pregnant when I was not allowed to. I'm not saying he forbade me getting pregnant, but I didn't consult him. I wanted to have children, so I got pregnant without asking permission. Um, that could be taken in a couple different ways. Sounds did a she, little rapey to me. I was going to say, did she like <clears throat> rape him or did she go and find some other dude to knock her up? No. Well, maybe for the third one, but, um. It sounds like they both wanted kids, but Steven knew that it, like, wasn't the right time. Like, oh, we're freshly married. Let's get some money. Get our situation figured out. And then... Before we take on another person. Yeah. And I don't know if she was, like, on birth control and stopped taking her birth control. Or she did the old poking holes in a condom. Or, like, what happened. But she got pregnant on purpose without telling Stephen. That's... Which is weird. <laughs> That's just and not wrong. right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just that does not feel right. So the, the three kids they had were Stephen Downs, who went by Danny. So that's... I'll be referring to him as Danny when I talk about him again. Um, he was born in 19... 19- 79. There was Cheryl Lynn, who was born in 1976, and Christy Ann, who was born in 1974. Their ages are going to change in a little bit, so I'm just saying the years they were born. Because just to kind of put time into proportion here? Yes. Okay. 
She did have um, another baby. Well, she had two more babies, actually. But I'm saving those for a little bit later because they fit in better then. Makes sense. Yeah. But by all accounts, she was not a good mom. She was a terrible mom. Like, her kids came last to her. Cheryl got the worst of her mom. She told her grandparents, neighbors, like, she's staying over at her grandparents one day, and they're hanging out with the neighbors, and she told them that she was afraid of her mom, which, like, a little kid being afraid of their mom, that's, like, heartbreaking. That's sad. Your mom's supposed to be, like, your comfort in life. Yep. And by the time their youngest, Danny, was born, the cheating fights had gotten so bad that he did not think Danny was his son. Because of this, they got divorced in 1980 after only seven years of marriage. I mean, seven years is kind of a long time nowadays, but like back then, you got married, you stayed married. Divorce was not an option. Well, 1980, so... Well, like it was, but it was very frowned upon, is what I meant. Like, I feel like people were more willing to put up with having a bad marriage back then than they are today. Yeah. But... Uh, Diane admitted to cheating on him because she said, quote, in two years' time, I had ten separate lovers. Two years. Damn. That's that's not very many, and less less than half of them were married. That's not very many? Bitch. (laughs) Well, ten in two years, so five in a year. But, like, less than half of them were married. She made it a point to say, so what, four? Four married men that you knew about? Like, Wow, because that makes it so much better that you were both married. What uh, the fuck? Anyways. When you said a half a brain, damn. Mm-hmm, you were right. So, Stephen was probably right, most definitely right about Danny not being his, because Stephen had a vasectomy a few years before Danny was born. Oh, well... I mean, you can still have kids when you have a vasectomy. It's yeah, possible. It was proven it wasn't his baby, though. Ooh. And he said, quote, this woman, or this is the woman who really got around. You know, of course, I didn't really know of that. But hey, you're not supposed to. You're the husband. You're supposed to be the last to know. <laughs> That's kind of sad. Yeah. But, like, he kind of knew what was going on. Like, he obviously suspected it because the cheating fights happened, like, right away. So he he must have thought something was happening. But then, like... Just didn't say anything, really? She must have had, like, an excuse for everything. Because they were married for, what was it, like, seven years? Yeah. I've had someone's cheating on me, and I'm leaving. I don't care how long I've been married. Goodbye. No, like, you broke that trust. Like, this isn't... Yep. I'm not forgiving you. Hell no. Well, like, I don't know if I was married to someone for, like, 20 years. I feel like the good person to me would be like, oh, my gosh, you know, maybe we can make this work. We'll do, like, a whole counseling thing. Like, whatever. we've been through so much. But then the actual me knows that, like, I would never be able to look that person in the eyes ever again, and I would think very very badly well and it's like you know they do it once what's to say they're not going to go and do it again mm-hmm. you start looking at everything that trust has been broken and it's so hard to rebuild that well and it's cheating it's lying if you have kids and it's like okay why are you doing this to the family and like yeah. it's just a whole thing like that like if you're not happy and you want to go be with someone else just like, just it. leave and yeah. Okay, so now we're talking about her life after Stephen because they're officially divorced at this point. When Diane was 25, she decided she wanted to become a surrogate mother. Mm, mm-hmm. Weird. I feel like that's no bueno. No. Uh, surrogates were, like, really, really rare at the time. There was less than 100 in the country. Oh, so I'm sure she made bank from it, though. Oh, yeah. She would have gotten thousands of dollars. I think that she, we'll see this later on, but I think that she liked the money from being a surrogate mother and the, like, sympathy, I guess, of being pregnant. Because everyone's like, oh, I want to feel your belly. Oh, my God, let me get the, mm, the door attention for you. From it. And, like, 
Yeah, like everyone was focused on her when she was in the room when she was pregnant. But then after she had the kids, she didn't give a shit about them. So, you know. I mean, if it worked for her, I guess. I just want to know how those kids turned out. <laughs> we'll imagine, get to that. <laughs> imagine, though, like, being somebody who would, like, had Diane as a surrogate and having that kid, and I'm assuming shit goes downhill, mm-hmm. and, like, finding out all the shit that we're about to find out that she does, like, and then going, damn, my kid came from that person. This story, um, kind of get. It takes a 180, and shit goes down, but then it kind of ends on, like, a really wholesome thing that makes me kind of happy. Like, this shouldn't have happened in the first place, but, like, there's one little bullet point in my notes that just, like, made this whole thing, like, not a good story, but made it, like... Kind of wholesome? Yeah, it made me feel better about sharing it, because this... I don't want to ruin it, but there's a person that went, like above and beyond and like just I love this guy okay Um, (laughs) go guy yes so to be a surrogate mother at the time and I'm guessing still today um like an actual surrogate mother not just like you're surrogating for a friend of yours yeah like if you actually were put in like their system and stuff like that you had to pass a psychiatric test she and f- she passed this? She failed two times, passed on the third, which I don't think you should be given multiple chances at that. No. But, no, okay. you should not. You know, I, I feel like two would be the max. Like, the first time you take the test, okay, you're a maybe little nervous. Maybe there was, like, an error somewhere, you know. Yeah, maybe the person giving the test didn't vibe with the person they were giving the test to. Or maybe the person was a little bit nervous and stuff like that. So, yeah, give her a second shot. But a third shot... Uh-uh. It's <laughs> so by the second time you know what to expect. There's We're no not reason to fail. strike system here. Mm-hmm. Like, this should be a two-strike system. She did end up carrying a baby for a couple that could not have one, which, great for them. They got a baby. I'm happy. But um, she was interviewed at the time by a newspaper and news station, and everyone thought she was just the nicest, most giving person in the world for making this couple of family and she was given ten thousand dollars jeez ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars and that's a lot back then too because just the value of money isn't what it is now you probably get like fifteen hundred minimum today i'm guessing or fifteen thousand i was gonna say fifteen hundred isn't even that much no that's fifteen thousand that's not even my rent for two months (laughs) So as time goes on, she keeps being a worse and worse mom. And she would leave the kids home alone for days. Um, When she did leave them home alone, her oldest, Christy, was only six years old. My smallest sister, I don't want to say her name, but she's seven. So like someone younger than her watching younger kids home alone for days that'd be like my nephew being at home all by himself watching other younger kids two younger kids yeah one of them probably a baby at the time that's not an age you should be watching other kids no they need to be watched too Mm -hmm. i'd be like if you're in the other room watching tv or getting work done then yeah maybe a six-year-old can watch a kid in a way of like Hey, mom, baby's crying. I think it's hungry. And, like, come into the room and tell you if that. If you're in, like, the other room, but yeah. by themselves. No way. <laughs> we'll never do that. I don't think anyone would ever do that. Except for Diane. Yep. <laughs> uh, the kids were often seeing, seeing, sitting outside the front door, like, on the front porch for hours at a time, being, like, they were waiting on her to get home to be let into the house. So... Sometimes they, they weren't even, even let inside. In. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, she only was worried about herself and men. Like she just wanted guys. She didn't care about her kids or anything like that. These poor children. Yeah. Drives me nuts. I don't like her at all. We're gonna talk about a guy named Robert 
Knickerbocker. Okay, but Robert went by Nick, so I'm just going to be calling him Nick for this. Okay. In 1981, Nick was one of the guys that she had liked at work. Um, she worked at a post office at this time. Oh, is this the postal man she's obsessed yes. with? Yes. Mm. It is. He was married and just wanted an affair, nothing emotional. Diane wanted more, which, yeah, I mean, he was married. He shouldn't have been doing that at all. But, you know, he just wanted, you know, sex. And Diane was like, oh, my God, I love you. Awkward. Yeah. And he told Diane he didn't want kids and that he was just looking for fun. I mean, he was honest about his intentions. Yeah, but it was not over for Diane at all. (laughs) She had a few flings with other people at work, like other post office workers. So he thought, like, I'm just going to have sex with this lady and be another work relation. Yeah, like just... You know, I'm going to have some fun. No strings Friends attached. kind of a thing. Yeah, but then she got, like, obsessed. And she was so crazy about him that when she moved to Oregon, she thought Nick would follow her. Oh? Like, she was mad that he didn't move to Oregon to follow her. Yeah, but she wrote letters to him at least once a week and visited him a couple of times. And begged him to be with her for two whole years. Okay, so for two whole years, this lady's, like, writing letters, showing up at his place. Like, be with me, be with me, be with me. And, like, lady, stop. Don't drive me nuts. Oh, my God. Talk about clingy. No shit. After she moved away. I don't know how long she worked there, but I'm guessing it was, like, at least a year. So probably, like, three whole years of obsessing with this guy. Now we have 27-year-old Diane, who is in love with her ex-co-worker. That you doesn't even work there anymore. I thought you were about to say doofenshmirtz. I was like, dooby dooby dooba dooby dooby dooba Perry, Perry the platypus. Um, she came to the conclusion that her kids were keeping them from being together because he said, like, oh, I just want an affair. I don't want kids type of a thing. So, so she's she, like, fuck ki- my kids. The kids are the problem, not me. Not his wife, not his whole other life that he has going on. It's the kids. What the fuck? Makes sense, right? Totally. And instead of giving them to Steven or even dropping them off at the fire department, she lost her marbles and decided she needed to kill them. Bro. Yep. She thought it would be a new life for her. No kids, a new man, and I'm sure she thought it would be unicorns and cupcakes. Shit and butterflies. Yep. Fabulous life. No more kids, you know. Yeah, let me just kill my spawns. Yep. So on May 19th, 1983, she put 8-year-old Christine, 7-year-old Cheryl, and 3-year-old Danny in the car and drove them to a farm that was 12 miles from their house. I don't like where this is going. Yep. Uh, the farm was her co-workers. Her kids got to see horses, and they loved it. They were like, oh, my God, I'm loving the horses. And Don't tell them. me she kills them at her co-workers' no, farm. No, she doesn't. I was going to say. <laughs> no, this co-worker was not expecting Diane to show up at all. Um, oh? Diane was intending to use her as an alibi. Doesn't work, because this co-worker's like, no, we had no previous plans of Diane showing up. I don't know why she was there. I walked outside and her kids were there and it was they were looking at my horses. Like, I don't know what's going on. That'd be so awkward. You just like look out your window and your co-worker's there with their kids just like staring at your horses like, bro, what are you doing on my property? Nope. I don't know. So after the farm, she took the kids to Old Mohawk Road. It was a private road where she could do this and not be heard. <sighs> yeah. It's not as, I mean, it's a sad ending, but it's not as sad as I'm making it sound right now. It could have been much worse, but it's not. She pulled to the side of the road and went to the trunk of her car where she grabbed a Ruger um, twenty-two caliber pistol 
Um, Ruger's. You said Ruger, and I thought of the dog. Yeah, my mom has a dog named Ruger, and he hates <laughs> me, but he's super cute, and I just want to cuddle him, but he wants to eat me, so, you know, someday I will cuddle him. But his girlfriend, Remy, she loves me, and she's a sweetheart. Remy's so cute. Yes. They're both Mastiffs, and they're Brindle, and they're beautiful. But, um, <laughs> anyways, so then... she grabbed a Ruger, not the dog. <laughs> yes, the pistol. <laughs> Uh, and she walks to the driver's side, and she leans over the driver's seat. So she's kind of, like, kneeling on the driver's seat, if you can imagine that. Like, she's facing the back of the seat with her knee where your butt would go. Like, ever opened your car door, and you're like, oh, I need this, but I'm not actually getting in my car. You just kind of, like, kneel on your seat to grab whatever yeah. it is you're grabbing. That's kind of what she, the position she was in. Uh, first, she shoots Cheryl, seven years old, Cheryl, <laughs> from about six inches away. She tried to escape, but her mom shot her again. Um, she had one bullet in her chest and two others in her, like, lower torso. Oh, my God. And imagine being the other kids watching this, too, yep. and knowing what's going to happen to you now. And they're probably, well, next she shot Danny in the back, who was definitely in a car seat because he was three. So he couldn't even, like, try to get out. No. Then Christy was shot two times in the chest, and one went in her left hand before going in her chest. Like, she put her hand up trying to, like, defend herself, and, like, yeah, she had Aww. a bullet in her hand, pretty much. Well, a hole in her hand. After she shoots her kids, she realizes her story, which I'll talk about in a second, because she makes up her whole elaborate story about this. Um, her story won't make sense if she is unharmed, so she shoots herself in the left arm. The fuck? Yep. I don't know what that was. The fuck to that, too. <laughs> then she takes a piece of cloth that she also had prepared in the trunk and wraps it around her arm and drives six miles to the hospital, which should have been a ten-minute drive. It took her thirty minutes to get to the hospital. When she got there, she ran to the ER and said, save my children. Cheryl was already dead by then. Uh, she had choked on her own blood. Mm. The other two were in critical condition. Christy was not able to talk because she had a stroke just a few minutes after getting to the hospital. And Danny had a spinal cord injury and was paralyzed. That's so sad. So these kids weren't even, like, dead yet. And no, they were just suffering. That's so sad. Yeah, so her story, uh, she had it, like, prepared and ready to give to police. She said that on their way home from the farm, a hairy man was signaling for help on the side of the road. So she a pulled over. Man. A hairy man. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> what, did she see fucking Sasquatch? I <laughs> But this man apparently tried to carjack her like he was trying to steal her car mm. first mm -hmm. he shot her in the arm then he walked to the passenger door opened it and shot the kids diane said that she tricked the man by pretending to throw the keys like you would pretend to throw a toy for a dog yeah she did that and when he went to go look for the keys she jumped back in the car and quote drove like a mad woman to the hospital sounds totally reasonable i have two things i would like to point out um before we go over these two things like usual i'm not a mom i'm an older sister of six so when i think of things that involve children i imagine older sister with younger siblings and as a mom i'm assuming you know a hundred times is gonna be a lot like more it'd be like a hundred times more i feel like but one why would you stop your car for a strange man on the side of the road. Especially with your kids in the car. And get out with your kids in the car. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? I wouldn't do that unless I knew it was like 100% safe. Or if I knew the person on the side of the road, then yeah, I would probably stop if I had a sibling in the car. I can't fit all of them in my car, so, you know, I, I yeah. say, uh, but. But yeah. like, you call the police then. You yeah. keep driving and you call the police and go, and hey, there's someone there that might need help. Exactly what I put in my notes. I said, if he really looked like he needed help, I would have called the police and kept driving. Like, 
Okay, so it's a reasonable thing to do. You keep driving, Simple you call the that. police. You don't stop and get out. Yes. Two, if yeah. I had found a piece of cloth in my car after this hairy man supposedly shot the kids and me, I wouldn't have put it on my arm because it doesn't take a genius to know if you get shot in the arm, you're probably going to live. You have other kids I would have that put are... it on the kids. Exactly. I would have been attempting to stop the bleeding from the kids' wounds while on the phone with 911. Like, yeah. when you call 911, you usually be like, do this, do that. They'll tell you how to do CPR if you have to. Like, they're, they know how to instruct you to do things. So I would have called 911 and then, like, done all of that while waiting for actual medical professionals to get there. Yeah, instead of driving to a hospital. Yeah, not that I've ever been in a situation like this, and I hope to God I never will be, but I'm assuming that's how I would have handled the situation. That's the more <laughs> yeah. logical way to do it. Fair, she was only 10 minutes from the hospital, but for some reason, which we'll get to in a second, it took her 30 minutes to get to the hospital. I was wondering why it took her 30 minutes. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be... We're, Jumping back to when she got to the hospital. Doctor said Diane was calm and not panicking at all. I'd be losing my shit. Oh, yeah. I would be crazy. Again, as a sister, I would be crazy yelling at the doctors. I mean, I don't want to yell at doctors, but knowing me, I would be yelling, like, what's going on? Tell me everything. Like, Fix them right now. Yeah, like, do something, you know. She was even seen laughing. What? Yeah, laughing. As her three kids, one of them dead already, two of them in critical condition, I and mean, she's some laughing. People, to be fair, do laugh in very un, like inappropriate situations because that's just like a coping mechanism. But I feel like this isn't one of those times. No, I think she's laughing because she literally finds humor in all of this. Probably. When she was told that so. Danny was shot in the spine, she looked surprised, and she was like, "Oh, it didn't go in his heart." Like, she was trying to kill her kids. <laughs> she literally asked that question. She's like, oh, I thought he got shot in the heart. Like, no, it hit his spine. Oh, cool. Like, what? Oops, must have missed. Yeah. Uh, when she was told about Christine, the doc- or she told doctors to let her die if she was going to have any brain damage. Which um. I get. Uh, after a while, you know, like if your kid's in a coma or something like that. Not wanting and them there's to no, suffer. Yeah, there's no, like, brain activity going on for so long that, okay, yeah, you're good. But have out of nowhere, card. just, oh, she's got brain injuries, just let her die. Yeah, the same day that this happened. Like, no way in hell would that be going through your mind as a loving mother if be my like, kid's no, gonna have a brain injury. No, just save my kid right now. We'll deal with the consequences of brain injuries afterwards. Yeah. Nope. She's like, just let her die. That's fine. <laughs> the fuck? What really made doctors suspicious, though, is when Diane came into Christie's room and she was, like, holding her hand and she's like, I love you. And she couldn't talk because she had just had a stroke. Yeah. And they said that Christie looked terrified and her heart rate went up. Like, she was afraid oh. of her mom. Like... <laughs> You know, a stroke in medical terms is called a cerebral vascular accident. Yeah. <laughs> Except this was just a cerebral vascular because this was no accident. This mm-hmm. was an intended one. Uh, because of this, her two living kids were taken out of her care and they were put into foster care for a little bit while investigators looked into Diane. Because So they lived? Two of them, yeah. Shit. Cheryl is the one that died. Because she choked on her own blood? Yes. Yes, Christine was the oldest, so Cheryl was the middle child. Okay. She was seven at the time. Still sad. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to poke a bunch of holes in our story. Well, I'm not going to. Investigators did, but they did a good job, and I'm going to expose the fuck out of her. <laughs> <laughs> I already pointed out my, like, personal holes, like what I would have done in this situation, but, you know. There's more holes. Yes. So Jim Pex, one of the lead investigators, looked at the car and he noticed that the blood splatter, blood spatter pattern. I always want to say splatter. I think like blood splattering. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it's a spatter. It's a spatter. Yeah. Okay. So blood splashed on the passenger door where Cheryl was sitting. So the door was closed. 
and obviously came from the driver's side. And she said the passenger door was open. She said that, yeah, he walked around to the passenger side to shoot into the car. Would not make sense. No. There's no way blood could be on the... Well, okay. It could, but it wouldn't be... There could be. It'd be in a different sort of, like, spatter pattern. The next point I'm coming to would make it literally impossible for the door to be closed. Um, remember how I said she was trying to get away from her mom? Yeah. Blood spatter under the car on the passenger side was found, which just proved Jim's theory that the door was closed because there's no way blood could have gotten underneath the passenger side of the car unless she was out of the car on the ground. Like, if you think about it, you're standing... Okay, so the door doesn't open all the way, so you're probably standing somewhat close to her. You shoot her. The blood, a little bit of it might get on the door, but most of it would probably go... On the ground. On the ground, on the window, on the seat, maybe behind her if it went through her. I don't know, but, like, it wouldn't go under the car unless she was outside of the car. Yeah. Which is, did did she not think about that? Like, I don't know. Anyways. (laughs) He also noticed there was no blood found on the driver's side of the car. Interesting, because she was supposedly shot on the driver's side of the car. Well, and if you think about it, too, like, if the hairy dude came in and shot from the passenger side, then you would think that there wouldn't be a whole lot of blood on the passenger side in general, because... Everything's That's going. where he's shooting. Yeah. Like, there'd be a couple splatters, obviously, because the the ricochet type of... blow of it. Yeah. yeah. But but she said that she... First, she was shot in the arm. I'm assuming she was still on the driver's side of the vehicle when she was shot in the arm. So, so there, was, there would have been blood. Yeah. There was none. None at all. Yep. Fucking idiot. I mean, good thing she's an idiot, Yeah, but like, still. Um, when a gun is fired, a burning residue comes out. We're getting really forensic-y in this episode, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to explain it to the best I, I can. I love forensics, though. Okay, so this burning residue comes out, and they were able to see powder burns is what they call it, because of the gunpowder, and, like, if you shoot at really close range... You'll get the powder burn on you. It's like if you shoot a gun, how you can find gunpowder residue on your hands, but except it's coming from the barrel of the gun, so it's still hot. Yeah. It burns. That's what we're talking about right now. (laughs) I remember you, like, practicing explaining this to me. (laughs) Practicing explaining a different part, because I had no... Okay, I'll explain it in a second, but there's a part coming up that I literally had no idea was even... thing. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. It was confusing. With the bullet? Yes. Okay, but they were able to find these powder burns on Cheryl, and that was another problem in Diane's story, because she would have had to been, like, for the amount of burns that were on Cheryl, she would have had to be six inches or point blank. Like, six inches away would be the max. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're shooting from outside of the passenger door... It's a little hard to get that close. I mean, she was in the front seat, so, like, it is possible. But highly unlikely. But really, yeah, you would have to be super close. And with the blood found under the car, that makes it even more suspicious, because, like, okay, what's going on here? Just here, nothing is adding up. Yeah. Oh, burns from the gun. Well, the powder burns were also found on her other two kids. So, again, if you're shooting from the passenger door... There wouldn't be those burns. The two other kids are in the back seat. How can you shoot from the front seat to the back seat from outside the car, only being six inches max away from the kids? It's just not possible. No. No way in hell. He would have had to have, like, go-go gadget on her. Yeah, like, detach and, like... (laughs) But, um, because of all this, she was clearly their number one suspect because her story didn't make sense. 
injuries on the kids didn't make sense. The blood on the car didn't make sense. The like, shit she said to the doctors. Yeah, nothing's adding up at this point. So she is the number one suspect. Clearly, it doesn't take a genius to learn that. I probably could have solved this case. But before she was arrested, she told the media that police were only looking at her and not the hairy man. So she warned everyone. She's like, look out for this hairy man shooting kids. Like, <laughs> fucking yeah. dumbass. One of the biggest things that, like, proved her story wrong was they had found bullet casings inside the car. And if the guy's shooting from outside the car, there wouldn't be bullet casings. I was going to say, anyone who's ever seen a gun go off, I guess I've never seen a lot of guns go off, but the guns that I've seen go off, I've seen shotguns and pistols and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not a gun enthusiast, so I don't know what the fuck it was, but the casings typically go to the side of the gun, in my experience. You shoot the gun, casing goes out, or if it's a pistol, it could go forward and then, you know, fall and, you know, crime stuff. You find the bullet casings and stuff like that. But to get it inside the car, you would have had to have been shooting from inside, inside the, the car. car. You can't or, get a casing in there for being outside of the car unless you're really skilled and shooting yeah. those casings into the car while aiming. And it, it would have, have taken some mad skill. Or like a huge coincidence. But like I'm assuming if this crazed this like crazy hairy man <laughs> that shot kids probably would have picked up the bullet casings just assuming that seems like a very like after she drove off yeah beginner step you know it leave no evidence behind he fell for the throwing the keys like i'm gonna pretend to throw my keys like you would hear the jingle (laughs) pretend to throw them and then he actually goes to look for them as she drives off like that doesn't work He's not a dog. Yeah. And in her story, it didn't make it sound like he was really close. He wasn't, like, in the car. He was looking to the back of the car from the driver's door. So to get... Or from the passenger door. So to get the casings into the car would have been, like, this whole situation. Like, it... It would have been almost impossible it just, yeah, no, literally, like, impossible. Like, none of it makes any fucking yes. sense. So now we're going to talk more about the investigation because this is where, like, it gets kind of more interesting, I guess. So they already knew Diane. Like, they already knew it was her. They they knew she had shot and killed. They just had to find a way to prove it at this point. Yeah. She definitely killed one of her kids, shot two of them. So they searched her home. One of the things they noticed in the home uh, was the house didn't look like the house of a mom. She had pictures of herself all over the walls, and there wasn't many toys. Like, it looked like just she lived alone. a girl's house. Yeah. Like, she had beds for the kids, but, like, it wasn't like, you know, mom of three. You're going to have toys in the living room. You're going to have toys in the bedrooms. You're going to have drawings and like you know crayon drawings of your kids those are gonna be somewhere more than likely pictures of your kids places yep she didn't have any of that which is weird not that like everyone has that but like majority of the people i feel like if i were to walk into a house and i didn't know who lived there just a random house you can tell if they have kids or not exactly they said that It didn't look like the house of a mom and three kids. (sighs) They also saw what they called a memorial for the kids. It was a unicorn statue with their names and a date on it. Um, I'll show you the picture in a second. I have it on my computer. Send me that picture and I'll put it on our Instagram. Yeah, but she got this before the shooting. Oh, like quite a bit before um so she had planned this out it was six days before because the unicorn statue said christy cheryl and danny love you mom may 13th 1983 six days 
before the shooting. It was like engraved in there, so like she had it planned. Made. And <laughs> That's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. They also found her diary, and she talked a lot about how much she loved Nick and how much she did not want kids. Which is like, okay, that's another, like, whole thing. <laughs> In her home, they found a twenty-two caliber rifle. Remember, the crime was committed with a pistol, not a rifle. Mm-hmm. Get to that in a second. Uh, but when tested, the rifle barrel marks did not match the casings they found in the car. So when, when you go to shoot a gun, the bullet goes through the barrel. In the barrel, there are these like grooves almost that make the bullet spin when it's being shot. Mm -hmm. And that gives it your usual ballistic marks that you hear about in a lot of like crime cases that have to like do with bullets. Like forensic files and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very common. Like It's like a fingerprint for a gun, basically. Those did not match. But I mean, that makes sense. 22 caliber rifle, 22 caliber pistol. Obviously, the barrels are different. They weren't expecting that to match. What did match was the extractor marks on bullets, which I did not know was a thing. Like, I had no idea extractor marks <laughs> was a thing. Never heard of it. Okay, um, I'm gonna go to Google and I'm gonna read Google's definition of extractor marks because when I tried to type it out and explain it, it got really confusing and <laughs> Google just makes it easier. Thanks, Google. Yes, so Google says extractor marks, another action mark from a gun, usually found in a straight form, are those created by the extractor of most auto-loading or re repeating firearms. So like the extractor is a thing that like pushes the bullet, like pew, extracts it out of the barrel. The extractor is a small part sometimes resembling a hook that is used to remove a cartridge or cartridge casing from the chamber of a firearm. So when that happens, when you're like taking the bullets out of the firearm without shooting it, it gets scratches on it which are extractor marks, and that's what's matched. Because 22 caliber rifle takes the same as 22 caliber pistol, and they proved that the bullets, or the casings they found in the car were once in the rifle. They never found the pistol that was supposedly used at the crime scene, but they did find the rifle in her home. So she essentially had like the same bullets. Yes. The bullets were taken out of the rifle found in her home, put into the gun used in the car, and then shot. But they were able to prove that they were once in the rifle that was found in her home. And the bullets that they found in the home with the rifle, like they found like a case of bullets, like just a box of ammo basically. They found that and it was the same manufacturer and stuff like that as the ones found in the car. Which is either a hell of a coincidence or she done did it. Yeah, but with the extractor marks, that's like... She definitely done yeah, that. Yeah, they were once in her twenty-two caliber rifle. And then moved to the pistol. So, like, clearly they were once in her gun in her house with this creepy unicorn memorial for them. And, like... And so she just unloaded them from the rifle and stuck them in her pistol? Yep. Because I guess I looked up a little bit more on extractor marks and bullets and stuff like that. And I guess the um, metal that goes around the bullet, like the casing, mm -hmm. is actually like a pretty scratchable metal. So like it really easily gets marks on it. And so it had the marks from being in the... Mm -hmm. ah. And because of all that, on February 28th, 1984, so like nine months after, she was arrested. Good. Right after the judge said what she was in court for, so like she went into court and then the judge was like, oh, just so you know, you're going to trial for murder, 
and or one murder and two attempted murders and blah 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 her attorney stood up and was like diane's pregnant bro what in front of like the jury and everyone so yeah throughout the trial she had a growing belly which she was probably using to get a not guilty verdict which wasn't a wasn't gonna work i mean people are pregnant in prison it happens yes they wouldn't just not send her to prison because she's pregnant yeah the father of the baby was said to be a local reporter and she did have sex with at least one reporter which if i was a reporter i wouldn't want to have sex with somebody who's potentially killed someone yeah and like right away there were papers coming out saying like oh did diane kill her kids or was it the hairy man like it wasn't it's not like it took them years to realize it was Diane. They knew right away at the hospital that it was probably her that did it. Mm-hmm. And, like, why would a reporter have sex with her? That's a murderer. That's fucking weird. If you're a reporter, you probably know about the case because you're going there to... You're all over the media, stuff yeah. like that. You know what's going on. Uh, on the May fuck? 8th. 1984 the trial officially like started started and diane was eight months pregnant so she had like big old belly at this point she was eight months ready to pop almost at the trial they found out that she said that she drove as fast as she could like i said in the beginning like she drove as fast as she could to the hospital Uh, i think it was like a mad woman or something like that is what she said But multiple people said they saw her and recognized her car because of how slow it was going. One of the cars that they, well, one of the witnesses they called up on the stand was in a car and they, she recognized Diane because she had a young boy in the car, her son, and the boy asked, um, why are the license plates on the car red? And the mom was like, oh, it's an Arizona license plate. You know, different states have different... Plate colors. Plate colors, yeah. Or plates in general. And her car happened to be red. And the guy, the son was like, oh, are all cars from Arizona red? So, like, obviously that's something that's going to stick in your mind. Like, you're going to remember yeah. that. Because that's, like, a conversation with your kid. There's a car driving slow. He's asking questions. You're not going to forget it. It's just one of those weird things that you remember... Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. All the forensic stuff that I just went over was obviously said to the jury as well. And her surviving daughter, Christine, went on the stand. She would have been 10 years old at the time. And this, like, brave-ass 10-year-old stood in a room full of strangers and told her, told everyone, I guess, to the best of her abilities what she remembered happening that night. And at the end of it, um, the person that was, like, questioning, like, asking the questions while she was on the stand asked, like, oh, who shot you? And she just said, quote, my mom did it. And that was it. She was 10 years old. That's got to really fuck a kid up. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like, 10-year-old Kenzie, Mm -hmm. I would have been like, I'm not going in that fucking room full of all these people that I don't know. I'm not talking up on that stand with the weird thing that looks like it's in a penguin costume, the judge. (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) You know, a penguin costume. Well, they wear, like, the black robe with, like, the white thing. Yeah. They kind of look like penguins. I mean, they kind of do. Yeah. A lot of while. On June 17th, they found Diane guilty of the murder of Cheryl and two counts of attempted murder for Christine and Danny. She was given life plus 50 years. 10 days after, she gave birth to a baby girl who was given up for adoption, clearly, because she could not have a kid in prison. Nope. And she shouldn't have a kid in general. The prosecutor from the trial, Fred Hughie, adopted her two surviving kids, Danny and Christine. And that's the wholesome part. The prosecutor, the guy who helped put her in prison, was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to adopt these kids. Oh. Like, that is so perfect. I couldn't. Like, oh. And, like, they. That makes my heart so happy. It does. Like, just. I don't even know how to explain, like, how I would feel about that. Like, it's just, like. Yeah, my adoptive father put my mom in prison. Yeah. But, 
like he was like oh i feel so bad for these kids oh my gosh they're gonna go into foster care and like honestly though i would do the same thing like if i was a prosecutor like that and i saw these kids going through something like that where their mother literally tried to kill them i'd be like no i'm taking you in like ain't nobody gonna hurt you now i'm taking you in yeah so cute i love it but on july 11th 1987 so three years later she escaped prison bro what she (laughs) she literally just climbed the fence and they let this happen yep and she was out for a week staying a few blocks away with some like random guys one of the guys came out and said that he thought she was trying to get pregnant that is uh, weird. Uh, I have no words. Again, she loved the attention. Which, being pregnant in prison has to be... I mean, prison, I'm assuming, is not a safe place. Especially for a pregnant lady. No. It, I wouldn't want to be pregnant in prison. I don't think anyone plans on being pregnant in prison. I don't think anyone plans on going to prison in general. But, like, if I was in prison, I'd be like, oh, hell no, I'm not getting pregnant here. You wouldn't be able to properly, like, give the baby the nutrients it needs because they don't feed you, like, all the fancy nutritional stuff you should be eating while you're pregnant, you know? And, like, you need, like, you need to be in a good environment to have, like, a good sense of well-being because your entire well-being is affecting that child that's inside of you. She was found and put back in prison where she still is today, thankfully. Good. She was denied parole three times, and being 67 years old, she will likely die in prison. Good. And she As re- she should. <laughs> she maintains her innocence to this day. For real? Yep. And I'm going to end... It was the hairy man. I'm going to end on a quote from her from that Inside Edition interview. And she said, quote, I'm not saying you have to believe me, but I can sit here with a clear conscience and say I did not shoot my kids. Okay, Diane. (laughs) What? You're delusional. My mind is blown. She came up with the shittiest story. I mean, not that what she did was right. But, like, she came up with a terrible story. She only killed one of her kids, not three. She was seen laughing at the hospital. Like, she... She's she said, dumb. kill my child if they have a brain injuries. Like, severe brain issues. She's dumb. Like, just straight up, she's dumb. For a postal worker that just wanted an affair, this guy didn't even love her. She said that he would say on and off, like, oh, I'm going to leave my wife and be with you and blah, blah, blah. But then he said, like, no, I I just wanted to have sex with you. I didn't want anything else. Like, you know. She probably said that to make herself look better. Probably, because she's fucking crazy. She's delusional Diane. Yeah. Take it insane. Like, I don't get it. And that's why when I heard the little intro of this case, I think it was Forensic Files. No, it wasn't Forensic Files. It was a show like Forensic Files, like an older investigative type show. And I heard the little intro of it. And I was like, okay, I need to remember the name. I got to hear her name and then I can fall asleep because I was really tired. And I heard the name Diane Downs. And I was like, okay, Diane Downs, Diane Downs, Diane Downs in my head over and over and over again until I fell asleep. And the next morning, I woke up on August 26th, (laughs) and I typed it. I was like, I need this. (laughs) And how is this not popular in the U.S.? Because everything I heard on it, everyone had a British accent. It's probably because Americans are fucked up. I don't get it. And so, like, in America, this is, like, something that honestly doesn't surprise me, given a lot of the shit that's happened in America. I feel like U.K., Stuff like this doesn't happen as, like, I wouldn't say often, but, like, intensely, or, I don't know. Like, yeah, and I mean, it's, it sucks that she did this, and it's horrible that she actually did kill one of her kids, but thankfully two of her kids lived. Yeah. But then again, yeah, with the u.s now i guess i can see how this is not considered like a huge case because of all the other shit that goes down here 
Like you look at Jeffrey Dahmer and John Ed Wayne Gacy, who had like yeah, how many bodies under his house? Exactly. <sighs> so you look at all these guys, and then you look at her, and you go, "Oh, boring." You know, like. But it's but it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, but anyways, that's Diane. Unfortunately. Fuck Diane. Alright, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Idiot. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Make sure you check us out on our Instagram and our Facebook. Uh, If you have any ideas, suggestions, or stories of your own that you would like to be featured on our episodes with... Make sure you give us a shout on our Facebook or Instagram or send us an email to theclawcrypt at gmail.com. Otherwise, our Instagram and our Facebook is at theclawcrypt or at theclawcryptpodcast. And we're also on TikTok now. So you can follow yeah. us on TikTok. We have, I don't think we have anything on TikTok yet. No, I didn't make anything but yet. We'll, but we'll do that another day. Yeah. We, will, we have a TikTok account, but yes. we are not technically on it yet. <laughs> We have zero followers, and we're zero following anybody on the TikTok. But it is there. It exists. I don't even think our listeners have seen our faces yet. (gasps) I don't think they have either. I've never posted anything on it. Me neither. We'll have to do, like, a face reveal sometime. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not that hard to find us, but... Yeah, it is. Do you know how many Kenzie and Emily duos there are out there? Unless you're somebody who knows us personally, like... Well, we don't have a whole lot of people on Facebook, and we are one of the only two people on Facebook. So if you really wanted to find us, you could. But if you really want to see our faces in action, (laughs) we will eventually have our faces on TikTok. But anyways, go check out our social media and hit us up if you've got any stories or cool ideas. And thanks for listening. Okay, bye! Goodbye.